In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Ascenda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. Now, this show also has listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact, globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we're on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. Just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you'll find us. And if you want to connect with me, connect with me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and tell me what you want to hear about on this series. But regardless of what, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business are international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something for either your business or yourself. Now on to today's episode. Now it's kind of interesting, you know, the word accountability, we use that all the time. And in preparing for today's show, I just thought I'd have a little fun. And I went into Oxford online just to see what accountability was. And of course, the definition is the factor condition of being accountable, okay? kind of keen sense of the obvious thing and it says it's about responsibility then i looked up responsibility just for fun and the definition i got was required or expected to justify actions or decisions responsible and then i looked up responsible just to kind of see how this whole thing flowed and having an obligation to do something or having control over now it was kind of a fun little project for me to do that getting ready and you know we talk about accountability we talk about responsibility but we don't always do it okay and why don't we do it and what we're going to talk about today is accountability and our guest today is david c a licensed psychologist, professionally certified coach, and organizational consultant, and he is the founder and CEO of Conscious Growth Partners. He is assistant professor in psychiatry at Yale University, Yale School of Medicine, as well as a lecturer at the Yale School of Management, and he is the co-author of the new book, Conscious Accountability, Deepen Connections and Evaluate Results. And this is available on Amazon. Now, Conscious Growth Partners offers executive and CEO coaching, team coaching, culture change, keynote speaking, and workshops. And David has worked with leaders and senior managers in healthcare, financial services, manufacturing, publishing, media, education, technology, and construction. So welcome to the show, David. 
Kimberly, thank you so much for having me on today. I really, I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, um, first, I read the book, okay, and I really liked it. But I just, you know, it kind of got me thinking about this whole accountability thing. So what moved you to write this book? Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, I was asked to create uh, a program, a workshop on accountability. And so I began doing some research. And part of what I found in doing that was that existing kind of models and frameworks for accountability felt a little bit sterile to me. Um, mm. And that it felt like they really didn't fully um, take on kind of what it means to be human and actually, you know, working with one another and oneself. And so it felt like, you know, as I did that, I sort of created this, this different kind of model of, of, of accountability um, or, or how to create it. Um, and, you know, that later, this model later became, you know, we, we later sort of called it conscious accountability because it needed something beyond what our ideas of what traditional accountability is about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's funny because I really enjoyed the book and we're, we're going to get into some more details, but it, it made me go back, like I said, to look in Oxford. What's the definition? Right. And, it was, and it was kind of stupid. <laughs> right? mean, it, was, it was dry. And it yeah. just kept, yeah. And it went in a circle. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, in in your book, and and it was probably the first chapter in your book um, that made me go look in Oxford. And you ask yourself, and you come up, you say, you ask what accountability is, okay? Yeah. And and so, what's the kind of definition that you've come up with after all this research and these models? Right, right. So, just just to your point, you're exactly right that the existing kind of frameworks of accountability focus on two things. They focus on responsibility, the importance of being responsible, um, but they also focus on, and you read it when you read the definitions earlier, <laughs> I chuckled, because it, it, I heard the word required to yes. be, right? Like yes. it's like I have to versus <laughs> a, like I want to, yeah. right? And, and so again, like even in the definition, I feel like we're set up for, for accountability to be this kind of necessary but onerous thing that people like need to do, but don't necessarily, you know, want to do or, you know, or, or aren't thinking about it in the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. So, so, so starting there, our dif- definition of um, conscious accountability um, is um, basically um, like mobilizing awareness, so like having greater awareness so that you can have um, uh, deliberate intentions, take informed actions, and be responsible for your impact. Mm -hmm. So that's our expanded definition. It's really leveraging consciousness to be able to do do accountability in a different and in a better way. Mm -hmm. And and when you you describe it like that, then it motivates me a little bit more to do something. When I, when I read the definition and uh, when it said required, I was like, uh, okay, you know, I don't really do that. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's like automatic turnoff, exactly. you know, In, yeah. instead of like an invitation into, um, you know, deeper connection invitation into, wow, let's, let's get better at this together. Let's figure this out. Um, it, yeah, it, this, this sort of required, it, it just felt like, you know, again, sterile, 
um, and doesn't inspire. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. And so that's what we're looking to do, create something a little bit more inspiring and engaging. Yeah. And so, so um, and, and really your definition just did. So that was great. And, you know, when we think about people, okay, I mean, um, I liked when you said you have the human aspect to this, okay, mm. um, because we always say, you know, we kind of make stereotypes and say, okay, that person's very accountable or this one doesn't have a lot of accountability and so on. But right. you talk about, you talk about developing that in a relation to conscious awareness, okay? That's right. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. You know, um, our perspective, and I, you know, I'm speaking, you know, I've got some co-authors here, my, my colleague and co-author, um, Dr. Marianne Pantalone, and my, my co-author, Dr. Darren David. We, when we think about, when we've thought about accountability, the way we think about it is that it's not uh, either you're an accountable person or you're not an accountable person, um, although sometimes people can look that way. We, we, we all have the capacity to develop the skills that make us more accountable. It's something that we can all kind of grow and work on. And, was, and part of what we do in the, in, the, in the book is lay out, and I'm sure we'll get to that later, but lay out sort of this framework of specific practices that people can do to, to become more accountable. But, but, and again, that starts, as you noted, with, with greater kind of conscious awareness. And, and, and we can think about that on a couple of levels. We can think about being more self-aware, aware of mm -hmm. ourselves. We can be, we can also think about being more aware of other people, the people that we're working with, the stakeholders that we interlace with or interact with. And, and finally, thinking about the interdependencies as another thing we have to be aware of. So when we think about a system, there's all of these different kind of connected threads. And you know, what happens in one part of the system has impact uh, on other parts of the system. And a lot of times folks aren't necessarily thinking about the interdependencies that exist. And therefore we run into some, we can run into some problems. But when we bring awareness to all of that, we can be much more clear in our expectations um, in, in, in how we set them. We can be, we can negotiate that better with other people because we have a better sense of what is on their side of the street and we also can have a better sense of what's going on and what others in the broader system really need from us in order for us to be successful. Mm -hmm. So, so this awareness, when you said that, it's 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 quite systemic, okay? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you have yourself, you have the people, your independence. Um, so, so it's kind of like a, a, a you know, a, it's a, it's in its own universe that, and it's quite systemic. But you also talk about, you know, if we're trying to drill that down a little bit in your book, you talk about when you create it, you talk about five aspects from from clarity to feedback as yeah. part of this systemic um dynamic can That's you right. can you talk about that a little bit yeah so so what you're, you're referring to is what we call our connect framework it's seven practices you you've you've pulled out a couple that that stand out but but these are practices that anyone can do and develop that actually make accountability go better starting with the first practice which is creating clarity and that's creating sh clear shared um, expectations around what are our goals and what is everyone's kind of responsibilities in terms of contributing to those goals and how are we going to do that. So at the outset of any kind of task or anything that we're doing together, getting clarity is important because you can't really be accountable if you're not clear on what you were supposed to be accountable to. Mm -hmm. So, so that's a really important first step. And again, it sounds simple enough. No one sets out to be unclear. 
But the, you know, how many times have we had the experience where we thought we were being clear and somebody heard it slightly differently or we left out some important details that someone else you know, thought was important. And then you know, we, we kind of you know, have some confusion or things don't happen the way we thought they would. Um, it, can we just stay on that for a second? Because sure. it's just something just popped in my head. Yeah. So you know, when we're talking about clarity, I mean, there, there's a couple levels, isn't there? So there's, there's um, you know, if I'm working in a team or something, it's the clarity of what my contribution is, but it's also the clarity of the common goal. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. And that, and that's exactly ahead. right. No, that's exactly right. Clarity, I think, especially when we're working with other people, having everyone having sight of what that larger goal is is really essential. Because um, you know that if we just focus on our own particular um, kind of thing that we're supposed to do. We 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 may you know we, we we may lose sight of actually how we were supposed to collaborate or work together towards that towards that goal. So mm-hmm. knowing the goal and and you know is is really is really key for understanding how are we going to work together to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's really key. Yeah, and, and it fits it it fits so perfectly with accountability because you're right. Without that clarity, you you really can't. Um, deliver or get engaged. Um, That's but, right. Yeah. So, um, David, th- uh, I, th- this is really great. Um, we're going to have to take a, a short break. Okay. And when we come back, I want to talk about some of the other, um, so you know, the other six aspects that that um, you talk about in conscious awareness. Sure. And, Okay, and for our listeners, uh, we are talking with David C. Tate. He's a licensed psychologist, professionally certified coach, and organizational consultant. He is the co-founder and CEO at Conscious Growth Partners. He is also assistant professor in psychiatry at the Yale School of Medicine, as well as lecturer in the Yale School of Management. And he is the co-author of the book, Conscious Accountability, Deepen Connections and Evaluate Results. It's available on Amazon and a great read. Now, Conscious Growth Partners offers executive and CEO coaching, team coaching, culture change, and keynote speaking and workshops. Now, if you'd like to reach out to David, he is on Facebook under David C. Tate 5 and on LinkedIn under David C. Tate. And you can go to their website under ConsciousGrowthPartners.com to get more information about David and his practices. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, market do market research, do regis- legislative white papers focused on digital. They also have a learning series every Thursday at 1700 Central Europe time. And they hold conferences, and their next conference is going to be held May 22nd to 24th in Berlin, Germany. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And with that, we are going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. 
How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about accountability and conscious awareness and conscious accountability. And we're speaking with David C. Tate, and he's a licensed clinical psychologist, a professionally certified coach and organizational consultant. And he's a co-founder and CEO at Conscious Growth Partners. He is also the assistant professor of psychiatry in the Yale University, Yale School of Medicine, as well as a lecturer in the Yale School of Management. And he is the co-author of the new book, Conscious Accountability, Deepen Connections and Evaluate Results. And it's available now on Amazon. And Conscious Growth Partners also offers executive and CEO coaching, training, team coaching, cultural change, and keynote speaking and workshops. So, so David, before... Um, you know, before the the uh, the break, we're talking about um, conscious accountability and conscious awareness, and and kind of these connect factors that you have. And we talked about clarity, which is so important. Um, what are what are some of the other connect factors there? Yeah. So the next one after clarity is um, we call it opening up engagement. And the and this is you know if we want to have you know a really kind of dynamic accountability at play, it's really important that people. Um, can feel comfortable voicing their perspectives, sharing their ideas, um, being able to say what's going on and speak into that. But in order to do that, we have to really um, help people, you know, bring their best engagement. And we look at that in two ways. One is um, how committed are people feeling to the work we're doing and how psychologically safe do they feel? In other words, to what extent do they feel like it's safe to kind of speak up, to challenge things, to ask questions, to kind of tell, uh, you know, what they see as the truth and um, without fear of any kind of repercussions for, for doing that. So, um, and, and so that's something that leaders can really do to help set, um, create an environment where people are feeling more engaged and, um, you know, more safe. Mm-hmm. And when when you say that, uh, the first thing that jumps in my head is, okay, we're talking about inviting people in, okay? Yeah. And when you go back to the Oxford definition of required, it's like night and day. <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we want to invite people into the work and to into relationship with each other in that work. And in doing that, it's really important for leaders to to you know, show some vulnerability themselves, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that it's okay to make mistakes, um, that it's okay for us to have differences of opinion and disagree. And in fact, us coming to um, the best solution is often going to require us, you know, kind of having some debate or, or, you know, seeing things differently. And that's okay. So making sure you lay the groundwork so people can really open up and engage. It's really key. And, And when we come to some of the other practices, this engagement piece is really important. Um, 
But the next practice is nailing it, which very simply is doing what you say you'll do. So it's that, it's that follow through. Um, mm -hmm. And again, um, it, it's, it seems pretty straightforward, but you know, in this day and age, we, we all know that there are, we're all working with competing commitments of one kind or another that we're all juggling. And oftentimes we end up with these pop-up priorities, things that suddenly land in our lap and they are, you know, um, you know, it seems like they have to happen right now. And then we're trying to figure out if we can actually nail it or not. So nailing it in a conscious accountability sense is also about really being in communication with, with everyone, making sure we're planning well um, and, and, and even making contingencies for those things that can come up at the last minute that might throw us off. Mm -hmm. And and that that's interesting. And the first thing that jumps into my head when I hear that is kind of like, um, and I'm sure you've you've studied, you know, how how the the Navy SEALs work, and they have Plan A, B, C, and D. Okay. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, and and if you can't nail it on A, then you go to B to C to D. Okay. So um, that's right. Yeah. And um, but but you don't see that that often, though. I mean, um, you know, you see uh, in teams, you see, OK, this is what we're going to do. And people don't have a tendency to look at contingency plans. Um, do you think that's a practice that we have to learn to do a little bit better? You know, um, because not everything goes according to what we think it's going to go. Of um, course. In fact, most of the time it doesn't quite go according to plan. And I think in most of the times, you know, folks can get by kind of adju making adjustments in real time when those things go not according to plan A. But um, if it's really important, I think, I think it would behoove leaders to really invest the extra time in coming up with plan B and plan C as the SEALs mm -hmm. do, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe it's a calculus because of course that kind of planning takes kind of timing and takes again, consciousness, like conscious thought and preparation. And, you know, people have to make decisions about whether their time is best used in, in that kind of activity versus something else. But if it's important enough for us to really nail it, then I think it's worth the extra effort to kind of imagining what could at least imagining what could go wrong and what are going to be our countermeasures if it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's, um, I think it's great practice, and um, I, I always kind of use that. Okay, here's best case scenario, here's worst case, and and here's most likely. Okay, you know? right, so right, I, right, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> somewhere um, in the middle, and it, just one more comment on this nailing it. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, because you you talked about, I love the expression you use, pop up stuff. Okay, yeah. You know, we get so distracted with pop up stuff, and and part of it is to do with leadership, okay? Um, mm -hmm. You know, with conflicting, you know, um, priorities, okay? That's right. That's how, right. how can we do that a little bit better? Well, I think you said it. And when you said the word priorities, I think that's, this is another place where consciousness can, can actually play in our favor. When we get really clear on what is my priority today, um, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, or even like in a larger sense, what are the, what are the top one or two priorities that are most important to me that I, you know, you, in your life or, or as a leader at your work, what is the thing that you're trying to do? And then when these pop-ups come up, you can, you can hold them up to those priorities and say, is this moving me towards that? Or is it actually a lower priority at this point? Mm -hmm. And that can help inform 
the decision of how to deal with the pop-ups when they come up, mm-hmm. you know? And, but a lot of times we're just, you know, um, almost conditioned to just try to get things done and kind of take care of them right away. When yeah. in, in fact, um, it may be, if we can be more aware of what our priorities are, we can make wiser decisions about how we deal with those moments. Yeah. And, and, and you know, um, David, part of it's technology. I mean, you're you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're working on something, then bing, comes you know, an email and you, you want to answer it. But um, yeah, that's that. Those are that's good advice. So moving on a little bit. So we've we've kind of done clarity, engagement, nailing it. What else? So then, as we're working to nail it, there we have this other practice um, that we suggest, which is around noticing. And noticing is really about um, once again bringing our awareness first to our own experience. How is it going? How are we feeling about? about how our work is going with each other as we're, as we're working towards you know, a, some kind of deadline or completion of, of a project. And also noticing what's going on for other people. What are we noticing about uh, how they're doing? And, and then being willing to speak in to those, uh, those, those observations um, with, with what we call compassionate curiosity. So being you know, curious about those things, but also um, observing them and sharing them in a non-judgmental way, um, just as observations. And oftentimes what that does, it does a number of things. One, it gives you the opportunity to course correct if there is a way, if mm-hmm. things are off track in any kind of way, or if things aren't as clear as you thought they were at the outset. Um, and it gives you a chance to re-clarify or get things kind of back on track. So, so from a result standpoint, it does that. And from a relationship standpoint, if it's done in this kind of supportive way, it can, it really, um, you know, supports the relationship and makes people feel like you care about them um, mm-hmm. by saying, hey, how's that going? Do you, do you have all the resources that you need? Because oftentimes um, people don't, or, you know, are you, are you, do you need anything I can do to support you there? Um, mm-hmm. So that's that. The practice of noticing is about just bringing awareness to the process and speaking into it, checking in, creating the opportunity for course correction. Okay. So I'm going to ask a question with this one because, uh, and I, I don't always like to use this word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I try not to. But is this kind of where the the EI comes in, the emotional intelligence? You know, trying to to look around 360 and how people are feeling or whatever. Yeah, I think actually emotional intelligence is sort of embedded in mm-hmm. the idea of awareness of self and awareness of other people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so here that just working on 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 emotional self-awareness and the awareness of, of other people's feelings and emotions. So mm-hmm. I think, yes, emotional intelligence does factor in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these are, you know, ways people can exercise their emotional intelligence skills Mm -hmm. is by just by simply working on this practice of noticing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So moving on, um, this is really interesting. So 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 we've noticed and nailed it. We've we've nailed it. We're noticing. And now, uh, now we get into the next practice is exchanging feedback and feedback is really important on a number of fronts. As we are, again, as we are, either as we're working to um, get things done or in beginning to reflect on how things went, giving and receiving and even asking for feedback is critical for people to be able to, um, number one, 
become more aware of things that they might not have been aware of in terms of like, what has my impact been on someone else, for example. And it also supports kind of learning um, mm -hmm. for a team. You know, giving and receiving feedback kind of helps create an, you know, an environment where it's, it's easier to kind of learn in an ongoing, in a real time way. Um, and, and when we don't, when we wait until like, uh, uh, you know, our performance reviews to give feedback half the time, that's way too late. That, yeah. that learning is not timely in any way. It doesn't really help us learn in an agile kind of way. So mm -hmm. feed, feedback allows learning to happen in this sort of ongoing agile way. Mm -hmm. But for me, when we're talking about this and trying to develop this in an organization or you directly a leader, I mean, we're not really good at feedback. Generally, I mean, I, I've I've met some people who are, but it, generally, from the receiving or the giving end, uh, we're not always the best. <laughs> I I agree with you, and in fact, when I speak to audiences on account on on this topic, I often ask them of these practices, which are you most challenged by? And nine times out of ten, the the, the what I get is feedback is the thing that people get stuck on or have the most difficult time with. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yes, part of what we can do at the organization level is really work to create well, a couple of things, help people have the skills to yeah. give and receive and ask for feedback, but also try to create the conditions. And this goes back to this, to the, uh, to the engagement piece that we talked about earlier. Part of the reason why it's difficult to give and receive feedback is we're worried about what's going to happen. Um, yeah. to our relationships if we mm -hmm. do. If we make it safe and we create the conditions ahead of time where feedback is absolutely okay, even if it's uncomfortable, then we can get better at it by doing more of it over time. We get more practiced and skilled at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think part of it, David, would you say that part of it is a condition system? I mean, we kind of... Um, we're talking about changing the de you're talking about changing the definition of accountability and conscious awareness. Yeah. But we we kind of grew up in a system where um, you didn't really get feedback, and from, starting from when you were a kid in kindergarten, okay? Um, right. You know, <laughs> with the report cards, and then later with performance evaluations. I mean, um, part of me almost says to to be successful in this, we have to just kind of throw out the old system and create a new one. Well, I agree, you know, and I, I absolutely, you know, I agree with you that we actually need to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what this invites us to do. It's, yep. it's like, we all need feedback, but yeah, we're, we're scared to give it. We're scared to get it sometimes. And that's human. That's normal. But when we work to overcome it, and again, like, as you're saying, like, try to create a new system, a new way of doing business, that's, um, going to actually, I think, make the difference between organizations that can kind of accelerate towards better performance and, and better cultures mm -hmm. than those that languish or that don't, yeah. you know, that don't get there. Yeah. Um, so so um, I know we're, we're probably coming up on a break soon. I'll, let me just share quickly the last two practices. Mm -hmm. So the next one is claiming it, and that's taking ownership for your results. So um and again, we often think about this as, as a hallmark of accountability, owning um, the results, whatever they were. That means sharing credit when we've when we've had a victory, and we've when we've had a, a failure or a, you know a, you know something that didn't go as well. 
um, looking into it with a spirit of like, how do we learn from this? Mm -hmm. And how do we take the learning and bring it forward? And that brings us to the last practice, which is trying again. And this is the idea at the end of all of this, all of the things that we've just been up to, there's a lot of learning available that we can apply to the next round, whether that's the next project, the next quarter, it could even be the next meeting. Um, but it's like, let's see if we can create an, an iterative um, learning practice that, give, that gets us to a virtuous cycle of continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, those are the seven practices. And when we come back, David, I just want to I want to kind of look at, at the big view and, and how we're going to be able to use this to move and change um, organizations and uh, how we can can learn from some of the examples in your book. And so for our listeners today, we're listening to David C. Tate. He's a licensed clinical psychologist, professionally certified coach and organizational consultant. And he is also the co-founder and CEO at Conscious Growth Partners. He is also the co-author of the book we're talking about today, Conscious Accountability, Deepen Connections and Evaluate Results. You can go to their website at www.consciousgrowthpartners.com to learn more about them. And you can find David on Facebook under David C. Tate.5 and on LinkedIn under David C. And with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, um, David, we're going to try to put this all together and, and kind of see what this means to transition us in a better world where we are talking about accountability a little bit different than uh, the Oxford Dictionary does. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> okay, take a short break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about accountability, um, kind of new and old and conscious awareness. And we're talking with David C. Tate, who's a licensed uh, psychologist, professionally certified coach and organization consultant. And he is the co-founder and CEO at Conscious Growth Partners. He also assistant professor in psychiatry in the Yale School of Medicine, as well as lecturer at Yale School of Management. Now, he is also the co-author of Conscious Accountability, Deepen Connections, Elevate Results. And this is available on Amazon, and it's a great read. So, uh, David, we've been talking about, in your book, you talk about these seven practices that we just talked about, and we kind of went into detail on a few. Um so, you know, we're going to implement these seven practices. We're going to try to put them in an organization. And, and you talk how this all feeds into, um, you know, 
uh, changing, you know, make talking about accountability, needing an upgrade and, and, and really kind of changing from a um, transactional versus transformational organization. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this, you know, w- when we think about sort of the old way um, of thinking about accountability, um, it, you know, conscious accountability is different from that in three ways. Um, the first is that when we um, conscious accountability um, focuses on two outcomes, we want to improve. Of course, we want to um, get get great results, but at the same time, we want to improve our relationships and be attending to how our relationships are faring. Now, that's a little different from you know what we call accountability 1.0 this traditional accountability which is more more or less focused on results like did you do the thing or not did you you know what were your numbers last quarter um did did you did you set out what you, did you do what you're supposed to do and that's where the conversation ends um when we think about again conscious accountability of course we're interested in results but also how did relationships fare as we were working towards them is an important area of focus so that's sort of one um, distinction. A second distinction gets at the idea that in traditional accountability, oftentimes the focus is on the individual. Like mm-hmm. again, did, did I do, did I take care of my deliverables? And if the answer is yes, it's sort of like, okay, check the box, I've been accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in conscious accountability, we're thinking, you know, of course, individual accountability is, is also important, but when we're think, oftentimes we're really focusing on what is our shared goal? What are we mm-hmm. trying to get to as a team or as an organization? And being aware of that goal, um, accountability is always a shared endeavor. It's not just, did I do my part? It's also, you know, how much have I been attending to my teammates and what their needs are towards our common goal? Mm-hmm. And so, and everybody's got, you know, um, a part in, in creating accountability towards that common goal, um, holding, mm-hmm. holding each other accountable, not just, you know, being held accountable or from, from our superiors. Um, but so that sort of, sort of lateral accountability um, can come into play. So, so that's another distinction. And then one more distinction is this idea of, um, uh, you know, a traditional accountability, something goes wrong and often you hear the, the people say, who needs to be held accountable for this? Which, which sounds strangely like, who do we need to, um, you know, punish for this? Who needs to exactly, be, yeah. you know, uh, beaten yeah. for this? Um, and, and so, you know, rather, conscious accountability asks a different question. It, it, first of all, it looks for accountability at the outset. Who, how can we be accountable for creating the results that we want? And if things go off the rails, as they inevitably do from time to time, it's not who do we need to blame, but who's responsible for making this better? How can we get mm-hmm. back on the rails? And uh, of central importance, what did we learn from all of this? So, so um, conscious accountability has embedded in it is a learning orientation. And and so taken together, all of these things, you're not going it alone, you're doing it together, you're focused on relationships and results, and we're working towards learning. All of that is what creates a more transformational approach to accountability versus one that's more short-term and transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's what happens, I think, in traditional kinds, uh, you know, forms of accountability. It, it's it's shorter term. It doesn't take into account really the other person um, and, and and their kind of perspective and their feelings. Um, and it can also be blamey when things go wrong. And and all of that, you know, creates sort of the, some of the negative associations people sometimes have with accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? It makes a lot of sense. And when you're thinking of this, you kind of, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit about this, you know, in the beginning, I said kind of it reminds me of the systemic system. OK. Yeah. And and it, it also kind of it, it you know, we have tra- it changes the traditional lines of accountability. Mm-hmm. OK. And That's I'm right. talking about, uh, you know, the hierarchical. OK. The hierarchical lines. OK. Yes. Which. And so, you know, are we you know, we've seen companies move into Scrum and into other work, you know, to to work differently. But are we moving forward and really breaking down some of these traditional lines of accountability? Um, or is it by industry by industry? Some are moving a little bit, you know, faster, you know, um, um, than other ones. Um, but do you think it can be implemented pretty much across the board? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, I think. look, I think however organizations sort of set themselves up, and, you know, one could make the argument that it's some organizations, you actually need more hierarchy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and verticality than others. Others thrive in more of a flatter, teams-based approach to the work. Um, so I think there can be varying levels of, of, of hierarchy. But again, when we um, bring this kind of consciousness to g- moving beyond just like what does it need to, what is it, you know, how do I please my boss? <laughs> how do I have a good, yeah. good you know, relationship and, and, and focus, you know, kind of exclusively in, in that way? When we begin to sort of look around more and, and really think about the other people, the people that we're serving, the people that we're teaming with, the people, you know, around us, you know, more things can happen. You you end up, I think, getting more um, efficiencies. You get you're getting more effective teamwork that happens, and that mm-hmm. things things can um, move move quicker, move quicker, more efficiently, and, and are more joyful, are more fun that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, I think sometimes that hierarchical um, way of working does create more fear in the system. Um, mm-hmm. as, and and, yeah. and we, we get into more like, all right, what am I required to do? Which gets us again to the definition exactly. that we started with. Um, yeah, yeah. As opposed to something else, which, you know, again, invites a more, um, you know, invites everyone yeah. to be contributors at whatever mm-hmm. level and to be, and, and to support others in, in, in those contributions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean this the, this transition of this definition and what you have in your amazing, and um, I have I have one question that always comes into my mind because you're sitting in East Coast U.S. I'm sitting here in Germany, and um, we work in a global economy with cultural different definitions. Okay, yes. 
Um, yes. Okay. How difficult is it to, you know, the, to, you know, kind of move in this direction when you're when you're really, uh, you know, the German culture is still pretty hierarchical and different, quite different than my other apartments in Prague, where, you know, they came out of Eastern Europe and and that culture is quite different. Um, sure. How do we get everybody on the same uh, playing field? Well, you know, to to your point, I think more and more we are seeing the rise of global and virtual teams, mm-hmm. right? Where we are doing teamwork um, across time zones, across cultures, and you know, we're working with people even in you know even in in, in within cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. there's, there's a lot of variability in terms of people's lived experiences and where they're coming from. So you know. Um, I think it part of what we need to do there is to really, again, make those things a little bit more explicit in mm-hmm. terms of um, creating, taking the time to understand how our teammates work, how they mm-hmm. like to work, what their preferences are, how they, how, you know, things like how are we, how do we communicate? What are our communication preferences? You know, you have some cultures that like to be extremely direct. And mm-hmm. others that bristle at that and are much more indirect in their style. And so that's sort of one thing that has to be negotiated. Same with decision-making. Some prefer um, kind of a hierarchical decision-making style and others prefer more a sh- kind of negotiating kind of together as a group decision-making style. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things, we need to understand where our teammates are coming from and and kind of, be, you know, like, like we were talking before about um, you know, contingencies and making plans ahead of time, kind of predicting that we may have some challenges here mm-hmm. and how are we going to, um, how are we going to do that when, yeah. when, cult- when our cultural differences come up? If we make it, you know, um, uh, to the, when we bring it into awareness, so we can make it discussable. Mm-hmm. And when we make it discussable, we can work through it. Mm-hmm. And, and doesn't that, David? It goes right back to the practice of noticing, you know, um, what yeah. you what you talked about in the beginning. You know, notice. Um, and you're right. It's not just cultural; it's generational. Um, you yeah. know, it's it's um, there, there's just so many contributing factors to that. So um, we're get, we're getting towards the end of the show. I could we could go on for another hour. This is really great. Okay. <laughs> so I think um, you know I, I, we have a. We have, um, you know, a lot of executive level leaders listening, um, as well as teams listening. So I'm recommending they they definitely read your book. But if you kind of want to wrap everything up in in kind of one message, one last message to our listeners, what would that be? Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I would say that um, one of the things I've noticed in the executives that I work with and, and the students at Yale that I work with in the School of Management, we, we've become great at being great doers. You know, we Ooh. do so many things and we accomplish so much, but we have to work on, we have to get back to working on the being aspect, which means being human means being more um, tuning into our own experience and being curious about the experience of other people around us. And so when we take time to reflect on ourselves and others, a whole lot of learning and value can be added just by that simple act 
of slowing down, stepping back, and just doing a little bit of that reflection. Mm -hmm. That's where we can have more consciousness and kind of uh, and and better better work lives overall. Mm-hmm. Yes, really, really great insight. Um, appreciate that very much because uh, I think we also get so wrapped up in, as you said, doing, checking off that list um, that we, we, we forget the noticing that we just talked about Mm. and, um, you know, kind of, kind of lose some of the engagement. So David, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, It's been great, Kimberly. And what a, what a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Really great. And for our listeners, we've been talking with David C. Tate. He's a licensed clinical psychologist, professionally certified coach and organizational consultant. He is a co founder and CEO of Conscious Growth Partners. He is assistant professor in psychiatry in the Yale School of Medicine, as well lecturer in the Yale School of Management. And he is the co-author of Conscious Accountability, Deepen Connections, Elevate Results. And this is available on Amazon. And I highly recommend it if you're in any kind of management position or any kind of position. It's a fantastic, has a fantastic insights on accountability. Now, Conscious Growth Partners offers executive and CEO coaching, team coaching, culture change, and keynote speaking and workshops. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Conscious Growth Partners, please go to www.consciousgrowthpartners.com. And if you'd like to reach out to David, you can reach out to David on Facebook under David C. Tate point five and on LinkedIn under David C. Tate. And this broadcast has also been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative papers focused on digital. They also have an e-learning platform for startups, and they support founders in the startup phase. And this platform is in cooperation with Boss Capital for startups. And if you want to learn more about Cinda, go on to www.cinda.org. Cinda is also having their next conference in Berlin, Germany from May 22nd to 24th and you can sign up for that conference or learn more about that on www.cinda.org and with that thank you so much for listening this week to us and please don't forget tune in every uh, Tuesday 3pm Pacific time and if you miss us we're all over the web on every major podcast platform so thank you again and thank you again David Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.